HRD Talk, the Human Resources Director podcast. This episode is presented in partnership with the University of Waterloo. In this episode, we explore how organizations can better engage with the next generation of talent. Engaging the next generation of talent goes beyond creating an informal or socially appealing work environment. Leadership must develop strategies to offer meaningful work, to create new opportunities, and to foster continued learning and development for the next generation of talent. To explore this and more, we sit down with Judine Preddy, Director of the WorkLearn Institute at the University of Waterloo, and Manessa Rajaguru, a third-year Honors English, Rhetoric, Media, and Professional Communications co-op student at the University of Waterloo, as they discuss current engagement trends and share tips for how organizations can better engage with young talent. Hi, I'm Emily Douglas, Managing Editor of HRD and HRD Talk, and on today's episode we're tackling the challenge of engaging the next generation of talent. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues to disrupt businesses, it's more important than ever before for HR professionals and their organisations to engage top talent. I'm pleased to be joined today by Judy Pretty. Director of the WorkLearn Institute, and Manasa Rajaguru, a third year honours English rhetoric, media, and professional communications co op student. So, hello. Hello. Hi. So, Judin, I guess the first question's for you. What does the WorkLearn Institute mean when you're talking about workplace engagement? Yeah, that's, that's a great place to start. So, um, Our unit does research on co-op and other forms of work-integrated learning and has really pointed to two main areas when we think about workplace engagement and in particular for the next generation of talent. I would say the first is related to the people. That is, um, feeling connected to people is part of what's being meant by being engaged at work, feeling like uh, you're one of the team. And while this is true for all of us when we think about being engaged in our work, it's particularly true for co-op students or other students who are part of a workplace just for, um, you know, a shorter period of time. Often students will describe the positive aspects of their work as feeling like they were a regular employee and not treated just like the co-op. So I think that feeling of connection is an important part of being engaged. Um, The second The second element of engagement that we look at in our research relates to the work itself. And so what we've uncovered is that um, the next generation of talent, for them, the being uh, engaged productively, doing work that's meaningful, as well as giving them an opportunity to learn, are, are what we talk about when we're talking about engagement. Perfect. They were really excellent points. Thank you. And Manasa, just over to you, what does it mean to you to be engaged at work? So to me, I think being engaged at work really means becoming immersed in whatever I'm doing. Um, So before I was in co-op, I used to believe that I needed to have a prior interest in a topic to really become engaged and Uh, feel like I'm contributing. And I think what co-op really taught me and what I've kind of discovered since then in all my experiences is you don't really need that prior um, interest in something to become engaged in it. And that's often because so many of the um, job opportunities that people encounter, um, they tend to be in areas that you never had any exposure to before co-op, before university. 
So it's much better to kind of walk in and be genuinely curious and ready to learn because not everyone is going to be able to have like a lifelong passion for absolutely every topic, but you can walk in with like an attitude that says, you know, I'm here, I want to contribute and I really want to know how my contributions are going to help support the team and the company at large. Yeah, no, I completely agree. There's some really good points there. And uh, Judine, would you say your research has found certain things that are more engaging for young talent at work? Yeah, so uh, the research that we've done certainly um, confirms the the comments that Manessa just made about students wanting to uh, understand how the they're making an impact. Um, and even in the short period of time that they spend as part of an organization, they want to see how what they're doing is is contributing to something um, that's bigger than themselves. So whether that's a goal of the team or the organization. And I think the other point that Manessa made around uh, relevance is really important. So um, it's something that emerges regularly in the research that we do, the importance of students seeing the relevance in what they're doing. And that sometimes is related to um, their academic program, but often it's it, it's related to uh, an area of interest they might want to explore in the future. And, and sometimes they're discovering that while they're in the workplace. Um, sometimes it's about particular skills they're developing and how those will help them lead to more senior roles. And in other cases, it's about meeting people, seeing professionals that do have roles that that the students maybe didn't know existed or learning about uh, an industry that they didn't uh, know much about. All of those things really do contribute to experiences being engaging for young talent. Excellent. And Manasa, just coming at this from a more personal uh, perspective, can you think of any times at work when you were more engaged or even less engaged? Yeah. Um, I think Judine really hit all of the points there in terms of describing and sort of like as a general experience, um, what types of things really help co-op students become more engaged at work. Um, speaking somewhat more personally, um, what I find is, and I don't want to get too metaphorical here, but I think sometimes what you really need is to have um a really good idea of where you fit into the organization. So kind of like being able to see in a puzzle where every piece really works and how it kind of connects together to create a larger picture. And being able to see that in a workplace is really important to me because I I want to know what I how what I'm doing is going to kind of create that larger picture. Um, and so that might mean something as simple as being given a project. So in most of my co-ops in the past, I've get, been given the chance to work on kind of a term project or at least one project where from the start to the finish of my term, I will be able to see something really come to fruition. And it will be kind of my own pet project to really put a lot of my resources to and to see from like planning with the team initially saying, OK, this is what we need to do. This is how we're going to develop this. And then several weeks or months down the line being being able to see how you implemented those initial plans and where things did and didn't work out. Like seeing that whole process and how it all comes together and then kind of helps the company at large, that is definitely um, the work I've found the most meaningful. And as a result, of course, the work that I've been the most engaged in. 
That's really interesting. And I mean, I guess, so would you say that there's a strong connection between the work that you were specifically assigned to and the overall goals of the organization? I think that I definitely have more interest in my work whenever there is an alignment between the work that I'm that I've been assigned and I'm interested in and the work that the organization is focusing on. So when my work isn't something that's kind of peripheral and that's just uh, a task like designed to make work for the student, when it really seems like, hey, the team is relying on this or you're bringing unique insight to the project that, um, and it really matters that the work you are doing is done well by you, like all of those things really help. That's excellent. And I guess you're in a pretty unique position to actually offer some advice to employers. What can they be doing realistically to engage employees, especially the next generation of talent? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing that can be done on on the part of employers is to really to really be willing to listen um, to the next generation of talent because Often people are going to have ideas that are a little bit outside the box or something that they might be interested in developing as like a side project or something that they're interested in maybe researching. That is relevant to the company, of course, but it's also something that, you know, maybe their own interests and the perspectives that they bring to the table allow them to see things in a slightly different way. And that can open new pathways going forward. And I think um, being open to having that conversation with new employees and being able to have like a back and forth where you're figuring out um, what it is that the company wants to focus on and what it is that your employees want to focus on and seeing where those two match up. I think all of those are, you know, all of those are really key to engaging new employees. Excellent. And Judine, I know your doctoral thesis examines that there's a potential for tension when it comes to work given to students. Students obviously want to want to contribute to the organization and learn new things, but they don't want to be given work that's too easy or too menial. Meanwhile, employers might have students coming in every four months and struggle to spend time supporting or training each new student, a cost in terms of productivity, potentially. How can the tasks given to students create a win-win so that everybody benefits? What I, what I found in the research that I did was uh, an interesting model for how to create a co-op role um, that is how to structure it so that uh, both the student and the organization benefited. The image that I have in my head is sort of a, a balance or a scale where there's a goal to um, ensure that the student has work that, that provides them meaning and learning, but at the same time ensures that the overhead for taking a student and, and training them for a short period of time is still beneficial to the organization. And um, it's interesting hearing Manessa describe, um, you know, the way in which previous organizations she's worked for have kept her engaged because while it was a different organization that I did my research with, it really did describe this idea of um, having a project that the student was responsible for. And so when we think about this role as a whole, the key was to give students tasks where um, the complexity of the task and the criticality. So thinking of those as the two dimensions, the complexity, how difficult it was for based on the student's level and how critical or important that task was to the organization. So for example, giving the student tasks that are lower in complexity, but are important or critical things that the, ta that the team needs done um, contributes to the overall productivity of the team. 
So the student is, is contributing in important and meaningful ways to the organization. But because the complexity of those tasks are kept low, it means the overhead in terms of training one student after the next um, and in providing support to ensure that the task is done correctly are relatively low for the organization. So thinking of those as one set of tasks and combining those with exactly what Manessa described in terms of a, a project that the student takes more ownership for, um, typically those might be higher in complexity. So there's more for the student to figure out, to learn, but they may be lower in criticality. So it may be that, you know, there isn't a deadline that the, the organization needs that by next Friday or, or things are going to fall apart. And so that balance between a lower criticality, but a higher complexity gives the student something um, that they can really, really t have ownership over and yet not risking, not a huge risk to the organization. So what I saw in my research was an organization who gave students a number of main tasks, which were low in complexity, but critical in need. And they paired those with a long-term project where students were working on a more open-ended problem that the company had wanted to solve for a while. I think Manessa makes a, an important point too. Sometimes a student's uh, viewpoint is going to be different. And so I, I certainly saw examples of students coming up with ideas to solve those problems that the organization itself hadn't thought of. And so I think, um, you know, there really is a, a, an opportunity for a win-win there. Excellent. I mean, I'd love to hear your take on that. Do you remember any specific projects or work that have made you feel like you've, you've made a real meaningful contribution to an employer? Yeah, and it was really interesting hearing about how Jadine kind of explained that in a much more, I suppose, academic way uh, in terms of like the criticality and the complexity. Um, because that really translates pretty well to my experiences. So um, for some context, I'm a writer, um, and my past co-ops have involved technical writing or communications or related fields. And all of that just means that um, the larger projects that I've contributed to, all of them involve content creation. Um, so for an example, for in one of my past co-ops, um, an example of a project that I was given was to create a user guide for one of the company's products. Um, without getting too far into the details, that product had been developed by a previous company in the past, and the company that I was working for had since acquired it, and they wanted to, as a result, rework the product and rework the user guide. So I had a user guide that was a few years out of date and had also been written by someone who was neither a technical writer and they also did not speak English as their first language. So there were a lot of things there that needed to be brushed up. Um, and what my job was, was to kind of take all of this old and somewhat outdated information and kind of rework it entirely to make sure that it fit with the company's existing guidelines for technical writing. Um, and what the company was able to do was they gave me two deadlines. So for the first deadline, I uh, reworked most of the guide and then we released it to one customer who had already started using that product and they were kind of a trial phase. But by the end of my co-op term, I had finished the like, you know, finalized and more polished guide that could be released to customers in larger numbers in the future. And what that experience kind of gave me was a little bit of both that complexity and criticality that Eugene was talking about, because it was a relatively uh, complex project for me in the sense that it kept me very engaged because there were so many components to it, but it wasn't the most complex because um, I am an English student who 
has been studying writing for some time now, so it, they didn't have to teach me the basics from the ground up. Um, on the other hand, it was also a pretty important task for the company. Like, um, it needed to, it was a task that needed to be done by someone, and it did have deadlines, but the deadlines weren't as um, critical as they would have been for a full-time employee. So I think that definitely stands out as one example um, where I've been, I feel like I've been able to make a meaningful contribution at work. Excellent. Well, that sounds really interesting. I mean, I guess we'd be remiss in speaking about anything that happened in the past few months without at least mentioning the pandemic. I mean, Judine, has your team made any discoveries about how exactly COVID affected youth engagement at work? Yes, we we have. We have um, we've been monitoring the experiences of co-op students over the past year um, to examine trends, and we have conducted some research to explore the impact of remote work for them. Um, in the early days of the pandemic, we were fortunate to be able to conduct a study with students who had started their work terms in January and, like many of us in mid-March, switched to working remotely, but for the same organization that they had been working for in person. So that gave us a, a short-term window into what that transition was like for students. And thanks to the support of, of all of the um the employers out there who worked with our students as well as the staff at, at Waterloo in helping them make that transition, they did report um, feeling that they that they had made a successful transition. There were a few things we noticed, though, that when we asked students to report on the complexity of the work they were doing in person versus the remote setting, they did report slightly lower levels of complexity. But since then, since that first initial transition to remote work, we've monitored students' reports on the ratings they've felt they've made about how they've contributed and the ratings about how um, the opportunities they've had for learning. And both of those measures are consistent between the pre-pandemic experiences in person and the remote experiences that students have been having in workplaces during the during the pandemic. I think um, one of the comments Vanessa made earlier about um, seeing the importance of, of the puzzle and how it fits together, I think that's, a, that's one to highlight with respect to remote work, especially for the next generation of talent. Um, as they learn about working within organizations, whether that's in person or remotely, they're, they're learning about how all of these pieces fit together. And I think when they're physically located with coworkers, it may be easier for them to pick up those cues as to how the work they're doing is connected to the work of others on the team. I think in the remote work setting, it's particularly important for employers, supervisors, colleagues to, to be explicit with students about how the work they're being given is connected to the larger picture. So that's one of the differences that we've, we've heard in the research that we've done. The other um, thing that we've learned from students is that the skills that they need to be successful, um, there's a heightened uh, importance of skills like self-direction um, and initiative in particular. Um, obviously, communication is always important and it continues to be important in the remote work setting. But the idea of, of being self-directed, of, of putting up your hand to say, oh, I need, I, I could take on this project or I could help with this. Um, there, there's a more responsibility on the student in the remote work setting for that to occur. 
That's really interesting. And Manasa, just staying on that subject, would, would you say that COVID affected your engagement at work? I think that COVID has definitely changed how I engage at work. Um, I think I didn't quite realize until um, the pandemic started last March uh, how much it would do so at the time. I was not very prescient, but I, to be fair to myself, I suppose I don't know of anyone who necessarily was. Um, so I definitely have to put a lot more effort into staying engaged at work than I did before. So something that I have learned about myself since the start of the pandemic is the type of environment that I like to work in. Um, I now know that I enjoy uh, working in an environment where I am surrounded by other people also working, which is not something I can really create in a pandemic situation, of course. So what I've kind of managed to do instead is I, I end up working, for instance, in the living or dining rooms instead of at my desk in my own room, often because I just want to feel like I am slightly in a more open area where there are people coming and going. Um, so like, I think environment, um, the place that you end up, like the place that you create for yourself while you're working from home, those are things that help mitigate um, any loss of engagement while you're working. But of course, um, work can also, I think, end up being a bit more uh, taxing without feeling as meaningful during the pandemic as well. Um, and the, the reason I'm not quite sure how to explain this is because um, I feel like, as Judine was talking about earlier, um, with the study that had been conducted last year with the students who had gone from working in person to then working remotely during winter 2020. Um, so I was looking for jobs during that period. So I wasn't part of that experience myself. So when I did find a job and when I was working during the summer of last year, and as I am, of course, working during this term as well, I have been working entirely remotely. And what I found compared to previous co-ops is that um, when I end up looking at the things that I've done at work, I often am able to meet the main requirements. For instance, if I'm working on a project, then I do end up finishing the project. I can make myself focus on things that have those clear deadlines. Where I feel like there's something lacking is in previous co-ops, I think I would have been able to kind of take advantage of other opportunities that are things that wouldn't be directly presented to you, but maybe come up as a result of a conversation after a meeting or you hear from a coworker that there's this new initiative that you could help out with and things like that, that kind of added to the experience of work where you kind of are able to pick up little projects for yourself and feel more productive and engaged as a result of it. Those things are definitely a lot harder to um, initiate or even they're harder to find out about because of the pandemic. So it's, it's been hard to replicate that exact experience, of course. That's really interesting. And then, Judy, and just looking to the Work Learn Institute, how can how can you guys really help employers improve how they're engaging the next generation of talent? I think our research, uh, the value of it is that it provides actionable insights to employers uh, related to engaging the next generation of talent. So when we conduct research, it's not just about doing the study and publishing it, but it's really about trying to find what the pieces are that we've learned that can help employers as they engage young, young talent. And when I think 
about Manessa's comment about the challenges in the remote setting in, you know, finding those new projects or, or learning about things that you would otherwise have maybe bumped into someone after a meeting. What we did find was students reported that they spent roughly the same amount of time in the in-person environment versus the remote environment with respect to the specific tasks or projects that they were working on. So the amount of time they reported spending with coworkers or supervisors was about the same, but their overall reports on feelings of support between the the in-person versus remote the remote one went, the reports of support went down. And so I think that speaks exactly to what Manessa was saying around, um, you know, not not feeling that extra um, network of support or, you know, not someone coming by and saying your desk to say, How, how's it going today? So I think employers can look for ways to uh, to help students. And of course, students can look for opportunities to take initiative to do that. So I would say overall, the way that we can help employers is is to share advice with them on how they can design roles to engage talent, to be able to um, encourage them to share with students how the work that they're doing is connected to a bigger picture, and to provide opportunities for students to find relevance in their work, uh, exposing them to new things, opportunities for skill development, and building their professional network. All of those things are going to be critically important um, as employers try to engage the next generation of talent. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree, especially around the topics of engagement and and remote work. I mean, Minato, personally speaking, do you think working remotely makes it more difficult for you to see how your work is benefiting your employer? Um, That's a good question. Um, So I... Like I said, I have I've done two co-op terms that were not remotely because they were before the pandemic. I have done I'm almost uh, completed the second co-op term I've had since COVID started, which is kind of insane to think about. Um, and I think that I still do see how my contributions benefit the employer, but it definitely takes more time to see it play out, if that makes sense. So um, working in person, one of the benefits of it is that on a often like daily or at least weekly basis, I would say, you encounter how exactly your contributions are going to make a difference. You meet people who are working on the project that you're working on as well, and you see where um, your contributions are going to like kind of meet theirs and then how that in some is going to create like a finalized product or a vision. Um, and remotely, it feels a little bit more disjointed. So for instance, um, I might be working on, say, for instance, like a set of release notes. And of course, I do know the purpose and the utility of, a, of release notes, but it's not until the very end where I see the final publication of release notes that I kind of see, oh, look, like that's that's my piece of work going in with everyone else's work as well to create this finished product. And that's something that you would get many more like small um, reminders of in person, which I think the online environment isn't very conducive to. Excellent. I mean, we could literally talk about this topic all day. It's so interesting. Judine, is there any way listeners can learn more about your work in this area? Sure. Thanks, Emily. We um, launched a Future Ready Workforce series earlier this year, and it shares research-based insights on how to recruit, engage, convert, retain, upskill, and reskill the next generation of talent. 
Our next event in this series is on April 28th, and it's focused on engaging the future workforce with our following events coming up on July 15th and October 20th. At each event, we also have an employer that joins us as well as a student to share their perspectives on the topics and their research. So I believe as part of this uh, podcast, there will be details in a link on how to sign up for one of the events or how to access the recordings after the events. There will indeed. And thank you both so much for speaking to me today. I really appreciate it. And as Judy mentioned, for more information uh, from the team at the Work Learn Institute, feel free to visit them at www.uwaterloo.ca slash worklearninstitute. But thank you guys so much for joining me and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of HRD Talk. For more from Judine and the team at the Work Learn Institute, visit them at uwaterloo.ca slash work-learn-institute. That's uwaterloo.ca slash work-learn-institute. For more, follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and wherever you enjoy podcasts.